0: Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Today, Denise and I are going to be talking about soul contracts. I'm sure many of you have heard the term soul contract. So we're going to start with a brief overview and introduction about what a soul contract is, how you can recognize aspects of your soul contract. But the goal of our show today is to talk about how these soul contracts, while they are predestined, do not bind you to a destined outcome. So the point we're trying to drive home in this hour is that you can change, amend, and alter your soul contract in your life right now, today. So I thought we could start, Denise, with a little definition of what a soul contract is. I have my definition that I wrote down in my notes, but I'd love to hear your definition too. I wrote down that a soul contract is an agreement to work on issues, patterns, and karma that we create before we incarnate with our team.
1: Yes, and I agree with that entirely. And I think the, the important part to consider in that is when the pre-incarnation decisions or contracts, we chose who we would be who our family is, where and when we would be born. And people have argued that well, why would someone choose to be born into a worn-torn country or born severely disabled or born and what I've always found from from spirit and from research is that there were lessons that come with that lifestyle or that choice that really progress your soul at a much faster rate. Like and I being a special ed teacher for so many years, that was something when I worked with profoundly impaired children, I would think, oh my goodness, how could they have chosen this? But the, the, the ripple effect and the impact that those children have had on so many other people, that causes a really wide, wide perimeter of, of how many people are affected by those contracts.
0: Yeah, and the, the way I look at it is that before we decide to reincarnate, We sit down, you can picture a conference table in a corporate office building, you can picture a picnic table at a park, whatever. But I just always have this image of me sitting down with my team of guides and we've got all these blueprints and these maps and we go over, okay, here's what you did great in your other lifetimes. Here's where you didn't do so great, Sam, and here's what we really want you to work on in this lifetime you're about to jump into. So that you can really grow and learn more about unconditional love and self love. And I feel like then the guides present you with some options. And I feel like I this is just my opinion and what I've been shown in readings. I do feel that we're given an easy option, an intermediate option, and an advanced hardcore kick ass option. <laughs> and I think it's kind of like You know, if you think about with exercising, like if you want to lose five pounds this year, you can do that pretty easily. But if you want to lose five pounds this month, that's going to take a lot more hardcore work. And so if you choose the easier option, that's fine, but it's probably going to take more lifetimes to really get those lessons learned. Whereas if you take the advanced road, you might be able to get a lot of those lessons down in one lifetime. Again, it all goes back to free will. And so then I think we negotiate out, okay, well, if I really want to learn how to work on such and such, I'm going to need to be indoctrinated first with parents who teach such and such or program me to be open to this lesson or that lesson. And then I feel like the guides go, okay, well, these parents are thinking about having kids and they sure do fit the bill. Let's see. Let's check in with their team and see if it'd be a good fit for them. And I feel like it's this big whole negotiation. And then when you get it straight, you, you sign the contract and down you go to earth. Do you look you know, at it that I way? Ever,
1: I do. And I don't know if I ever shared this with you or, or with anyone that's listening, that during a very tumultuous, difficult time in my life, I remember just throwing up my hands and saying, what the blank, why? And I heard clear as a bell, we tried to warn you and you wouldn't listen. And I laughed because I can be so stubborn and hard headed, but I can imagine before I incarnated, I said, oh no, I can handle that. Sure. Bring it on. And then when it was in the middle of it, it was like, holy, hmm, what was I thinking? So yeah. I agree. And but I do. Don't
0: you picture yourself doing that? I, I mean, I feel like you and I both do that in our current life. Sure. We can do eight readings in a day. No problem. And then when we're halfway <laughs> through it, we're like, what the hell did I sign up for? This is exhausting. Mm-hmm. So, maybe that's another
1: one of our life lessons. Don't bite off more than you can chew. I think you made a really good point, and we chatted about this a little bit that family of origin stuff. And I had made a comment that some of the things that I experienced in my early childhood really came back again with relationships later in my life. And I, I've often wondered, did that relationship groom me for what was coming next so that that was a, the familiarity brought me to it? Or did both of those people, did I contract with them before I came in to say, okay, I'm going to need extra help learning this lesson. So I'm going to do it in my family of origin, and then I'm going to bring it back again 25 years later and do it again.
0: Yeah, I have a really good example, I think, to illustrate that. I have a client who is incredibly beautiful and is educated and bright and very, very, very successful in her career. She walks into a room and you're kind of like, oh shit, I better sit up straighter. You know those types of people? Yes. And so she makes it, at least six figures. She's got it all going on. She's dating a married man and has been for like 12 years and he's not leaving his wife. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this woman thinking, What am I missing here? You know, like really, what am I missing? Why are you with this man who will not give you all of his heart and who is breaking his family? I just was so confused. It turns out that her father had had a mistress on the side her whole childhood and the mother just accepted it. And when we dug deeper, it turned out that she had shared several. She was able to recall three past lives where this man had done similar things to her and in other incarnations. And so her whole goal in this lifetime was to get strong enough to leave him in this lifetime. And so part of her career success, part of her education and in her inner and outer beauty was designed to remind her constantly, you deserve more. But part of the reason why she incarnated into a family where the man had a mistress, the dad had a mistress on the side was to prime her to be open to welcoming this man into her heart in one more lifetime. So that once again, she could look at him and say, no. And she did. It took her about two years, but she did come back and say, I left him. It's done. It's over. And I just think, It just felt so wonderful. You could almost feel the chains of karma disintegrating. She was done. Check it off. Move on. But if she had been born into a stable, functioning family with a loyal, committed father, when that man that she had this karmic issue to work out with came into her life, she would have been like, hit the road, buster. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting up with this. So sometimes we don't know why we choose the families we choose until later on in life. Sometimes we might never understand why we chose the families we did. But I believe that there is always at least one, if not several reasons. I agree. And so I think for some people, that's really hard to hear.
1: Yes, especially if they're in the thick of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are other... soul contracts that are or aspects of our soul contract that are really positive so we don't want this to be a debbie downer sad show Mm -hmm. sometimes we are able to contract wonderful things into our our life plan such as happy wins and victories accomplishments meeting wonderful lifelong friends having our beautiful children having career successes Even I believe certain trips are planned into our soul contract because sometimes adventures can change us in wonderful ways. So there's beautiful, happy, positive things we put into our soul contract that we don't want to change. But there's also, you know, some scary, negative, hard, challenging stuff that goes into that contract as well. And so I thought we could talk about how to recognize aspects of your soul contract, you know, because people might be listening to this going, well... I don't know if such and such was in my soul contract because I just randomly took a left turn down this road and was sideswiped by this car and now I have all this medical debt. That and Mm -hmm. how could that be in my soul contract? So I thought we could talk about ways to identify parts and pieces of your soul contract. For me, Denise, I think it starts with looking at patterns in your life, looking at struggles that you are constantly coming up against no matter what you do. So I've got, I just wrote down a couple and feel free to interrupt or add to. Um, if you're always having money troubles, that might be an aspect of a soul contract where you're working on self-worth. Do you find that friends seem to abandon you after a while? You know, there are some people where you make a friend, you get along great. After six or eight or nine months, the friendship kind of fizzles. Maybe you always feel left out at work. Maybe you always feel like it's me against the rest. Do you sometimes find yourself the caretaker in a relationship, whether it's at work or at home or in a friendship? Are you the one that's always listening and offering advice? Are you often put in the role of leader or follower without really knowing how you got there? You know, back in school, if the teacher assigned group projects, were you always the one elected the leader? Or do you tend to choose to just follow and be quietly in the the background? Do you find yourself in situations where you're always having to stand up for yourself? Maybe if that's the case, learning your personal power is part of your soul contract. Have you had to deal with addictions your whole life, either to food, alcohol, drugs, shopping, social media, either in your life yourself or with people around you? Do you tend to have big successes followed by big failures? That can be a soul contract where you're trying to heal um, an addiction to drama. Do you feel alone much of the time? Many people are trying to learn the lesson of breaking that karmic tie of being the loner. Do you find yourself struggling with doubt and have difficulties trusting others? So those are just some of the major patterns that I've witnessed in my years of doing readings and helping clients. That is definitely not an all-inclusive list by any means, but it's just some questions I'm hoping will get people thinking what what do I tend to come up against again and again and again in my life? And as you start to recognize those patterns, and it won't just be one, we're not here to work on one thing, but as you start to see the patterns in your life, you will start to at least see the outline of your soul contract.
1: now I love I love that you started with the patterns because it's similar to someone waking up and, and realizing I've been dating the same person with the same, with a, with a different face, you know they're all the same person, even though they all appeared to be very different. The core level of what you needed to learn from them, and then finally, and we we all anyone who's listening to this has seen someone who has either dated or been in repetitive relationships with the same exact thing, and it takes a while for the person themselves to see it. And I'm kind of the poster child for that, but that's a story for another day. Um, <laughs> but (laughs) I think that just some ways to recognize is this someone I contracted with is important as well and you know when you feel such a strong vibrational pull to someone that you can't explain it it feels so familiar it feels so I've known you forever kind of a feeling that can be a little flag saying okay this might be someone that I came to do big work with yeah yeah and another key can be you know, do you feel extra sensitive around someone? Do you feel like offended more easily? Or if they say something, does it hurt you more than it, than it normally would in another relationship? And we're talking to empaths here and we are empaths. So we feel everything at that, <laughs> at that level. But I think we've all met people that they'll say something and it's either just the way they say it or it just hits so much harder and we feel more sensitive or vulnerable. That, that can be another sign. Having intense dreams about someone that you meet someone or, and it's interesting as I talked to someone earlier today, I was doing a reading and she mentioned that she said, I am having these off the charts dreams about, and she described this. And that was immediately what popped into my head is they've done this dance so many times together. And he's trying to get her attention and say, look, I'm back, pay attention. Sometimes a contract can be If you're with someone and you break up and you get back together and you break up, and that can be a friendship, it can be a family of origin situation, it can be a romantic situation, but it's that feeling of never being quite done or have I covered all my bases? Am I going to regret this if I don't finish it? Again, that feel like you've known someone forever. Sometimes I think, and again, this is that weird contract stuff of, you know, is, is there any kind of um, negativity or abuse or control that you have to learn how to to stand up for yourself? And obsessing, like if you get really obsessed with someone and it doesn't make sense, that could also be a sign that there's a contract that you're you're trying to work through and break because that's never a good emotion to have. <laughs> right, right. And I think some of those were negative, but some of them are. You know, when I'm going to use our example that we use all the time is what the hell were the chances that we'd sit next to each other and become such dear friends so quickly. I mean, I know. we're very different people, <laughs> yeah. but, it, it, but it's a beautiful friendship. And I, I know we have a contract for a lot of the things that we're doing now. And that's one of those yeah. uplifting, happy, supportive, kind contracts that, that we all want to bring more of those into our lives. I totally agree. Yeah,
0: and it's important that we keep emphasizing that, but there are aspects of these little contracts that are just so wonderful and and happy and uplifting and supportive and positive. But for the negative ones, it's important to also remember that we are not here to bind ourselves to these patterns. We are here to recognize them, learn from them, and then release them. I had a client this summer, Denise, who has been in an unhappy marriage for 40 plus years. Yeah. He's a much older man now, and he uh, I don't think he's ever been happy with his wife. And I said to him, you know, you need to work on enjoying your retirement. You need to work on finding joy again. And he said, no, I really think that I that I contracted to help her in this lifetime, and, and I'm just surrendering to it. And there was nothing I could say that would change his mind. I don't think that's true. I really don't. I think if someone is stealing your joy even if you are contracted to mate with them, to marry them, to live with them in some capacity and and work through that contract, there's no reason why you have to drag that contract out for 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. And that goes with careers too. So how many people do we know who are contracted to their careers, even though they are draining them dry of joy?
1: And, you know, that's interesting. You bring that one up because I just got a flash of uh, a woman that I know who highly sensitive, highly creative. And she is, I'm worried about her physical health because of the toxicity of the job she's in. Very intelligent woman. And she can't quite break away. She can't justify breaking away, but knows that she has to because of the, the impact it's having on her health and all of her other relationships. So to me, that's, that's again, exactly what you just said. She contracted to, to that career, to that drama, to that, that lifestyle of taking care of it for people but it's not always easy to to get out of those as well like people can say oh we'll just go get another job it's not always ready
0: no it's definitely and it's not none of this is easy it's not easy to leave a career it's not easy easy to leave a relationship none of it is easy but i do believe that when you recognize the pattern you recognize that it is no longer serving your higher self you acknowledge and declare to the universe that you are ready to release this, then I think the universe starts to work in your favor. And it doesn't happen overnight or in two weeks. It it takes time. But I do think that the universe starts to bring people into your life that will help usher you into a new chapter of your life. I think that's part of the reason why you and I met, because we were ready to enter a new chapter of our lives with our friendships and with our career stuff and so i think the universe works in magical mysterious ways but it will always wait
1: for you to say yes i'm ready show me the door which is that disclaimer we're all blessed with choice and free will so no matter what whatever you contracted with with whoever you contracted with we've all been gifted with that gift, I mean, there's no other way to put it, is that you might be on this road with someone and go through all this and see, but I contracted, I know he's my soulmate. I know she's my my whatever. You always have the choice to switch that out. And that can be a big part of the the contract and the lesson as well. Is this the time you're going to break the pattern? Similar to what you said about the woman with the married man. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I know for a fact, I have many, many, many lifetimes with my ex-husband. I know that. I've done the work and this was the lifetime I chose to switch some things around and I think we've done that with friendships, we've, with the relationships we have with our children and I shared this before, I know one of my children from another past life and he was an orphan and I ran the orphanage so to come back and have such a, a strong bond as a mother and a son, that's big karmic work. <laughs> and that's happy, positive karma at yeah. work too which is so and nice. And healing and I, yes. I think that that's one of the major, major reasons we'll contract is to heal. And whether mm-hmm. the friend or a family or a lover or a partner, it's, these are the people who show up to help you with those life lessons, to clear the blocks from your past. Or they, they show up with divine timing, you know, all the synchronicity of exactly what you needed to learn at the time, poof, there's this person, or, or needing to give you that nudge. Equally, they may be the people who are the catalyst to help you through some of the most painful part of your life.
0: Exactly. Our soul contract is not geared to be a pain in our ass. (laughs) (laughs) Our soul contract is designed to help us learn unconditional love in all its facets. And oftentimes, it is the challenging person that is our greatest teacher in terms of what love is and what love isn't. Our soul contract is also here to show us where we are in our soul development. And I think that's important to recognize when we get stuck in that pattern of judgment, everybody is working at a different evolutionary level of their soul development. And so we can't judge people who are walking a different path from us because we're all here at different levels of what we're trying to learn. Mm -hmm. And the same falls uh, true for us. We can't judge ourselves. You can spend the rest of your life living in what if and regret. That's your choice. But it's not going to do you a damn bit of good. And so you need to take that same non judgmental attitude that you're trying to share with other people and shine that light of unjudgment on yourself as well. And just say, This happened. Here's what I hope I learned from it. I am moving on. If you stay in that wallowing pity party, why did this happen? self-critical, judgmental, blaming energy, you're just going to repeat that pattern again and again and again. So again, it comes back to balance. I'm not saying if you made a terrible mistake or you really hurt someone's heart or you broke a commitment, I'm not saying you should just dust off your shoulders and go, well, moving on. But I'm just saying there needs to be a timeline on all of that. You know, give yourself time to grieve. Give yourself time to be angry. And okay, maybe give yourself time to kick yourself in the butt a little if, if you didn't do what you knew what you know you should have done. But put a time limit on it. And at some point, you need to say, that happened, I'm putting it in my rearview mirror, I'm moving forward. Right. Don't you think that's how people get
1: stuck? Without a doubt. And replaying the, the loop tape over and over and beating ourselves up. And those are always, to me anyway, I think, triggers and reminders of stuff that does, that truly do need to be released is when mm-hmm. it keeps popping back up again.
0: Yeah, before you can release an aspect of your soul contract, you have to understand how it hindered you and how it helped you. And if you're looking at a very difficult relationship or situation and you can't, for the love of God, see how that situation helped you, that just means that you're not ready to release this part from your full contract yet but once you can get to the part where you can say okay i really don't like this person i do not like what they did to me but i do see now that it helped me grow in these ways and this way then you know you're ready to release it
1: and i know there are people listening who are in horrific situations where they're the primary caretaker or someone that they love is is very ill, or financially their world is so devastated right now. And please, please don't think that we're we're making light in any way of when you're in hell, it sucks. I mean that is, and it even and people will say, well, why would I choose this? And all I can say is that when you get on the other side of situations, sometimes the clarity comes in with, okay, I understand now why I had to go through that process. But I think that's really important to, we're not in any way, shape, or form making light or or saying that difficult situations are, oh, well, it's just a soul contract, I'll get through it, because that's not, not it at all. No, and
0: I'm really glad you emphasized that. And I also think it's important, if you know someone going through hell, not to say this. Yes. You know, like yeah. when, I'm, when I'm going through difficult situations, the last thing I want anyone to say to me is, well, you're working through some karma or, well, you're learning a lot. You know, I just want to be like, uh, no, this just sucks. And I don't want to think about spirituality right now. So that's important to think about on all different aspects. If you're going through it or you're trying to help someone else go through it, don't you think when people are in the thick of it, they don't want advice or help, really? They just want someone to listen.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. They want.
1: They want comfort. They want to know it's going to be okay, or am I going to be okay? Or, uh, and I just I want to twist it a little bit that you know we've talked in the past about journeying and soul work and Akashic records and and all of that stuff. If you're repeating a pattern or repeating relationships with people or having difficulty with a certain person or. I mean, if you've struggled with finances, that was a good example, or the same issues with people in your life, you can go in and renegotiate or rewrite that contract. You don't have to spend this whole lifetime doing it. You can do journey work. You can do past life regression. You can do, you know, all types of things that you go back in and you say, okay, I put this to rest. And you can, there are people who will help you work through that. And we can find more information on that. Don't think that because you contracted for something, it's a definite for the whole lifetime. And you mentioned that a few minutes ago, but I think people need to know there are tools to help you work through that. And it's not, okay, I'm going to be really blunt. It's not like, my mother's pissing me off and I don't want to deal with her anymore. It has to be something that's a little deeper than that.
0: Exactly. And I think it's not one path is going to help everyone change their soul contract. You have to find the tool that works for you. You know, for some people, it might be journey and shamanism. For others, it might be traditional therapy. For others, it might be retreats and workshops and learning. For others, it might be journaling. There's different ways to... Finding what works for you. Yes. 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 And if one way doesn't work for you, or if one way did work for you and no longer does, don't think well, I tried that, try another, and you will find the right tool that works for you. I think, Denise, that it starts with accepting your soul contract. I really think a lot of people, including myself, I've done all of this too, we get stuck in resistance for a long, long time, and we don't want to accept that we chose this. We don't want to accept that this is our path.
1: Or life is so overwhelming at the time that we're going through it that we don't even recognize it till we're on the other side of it. Yeah, I I know both you and I have had situations where when we look back, it was like, oh, my God, how did I get through that? How did I ever, Mm -hmm. how was I strong enough to to do that? Because at the time it was, you know, one foot in front of the other.
0: Yeah, and there's moments where you just want to, you know, wave a white flag and say do over. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think the first step is to just accept. Accept where you are on your journey at this time and work hard to accept where you are on your journey at this time without judgment or any type of self negative talk. Then I think you need to take responsibility, acknowledge your part in your path. And again, I think that's another difficult aspect of that recognition and releasing the soul contract. Recognize your role, why were you so susceptible to this person? Why were you so open to the abuse at your job? Why, why did these money issues keep falling into your lap? What was your role? What was your responsibility? What was driving you to say yes to this pattern again and again
1: and again? Right. What karma are you finally putting to rest by working through the relationship and learning to overcome that suffering? You get through that suffering and you can let it. You can put it to rest because I think sometimes, and I've heard this a lot, people will say, oh, that's just our karma. We, we agreed to do this together and it will be intense and emotional. And yes, you may have chose to do this again and again, but you also, the ego trap of you know, it, it can be ego based at times when there's such a strong pull to someone and getting and I've shared this with you and with other people, when you're so stubborn that, well, I know I have to get through this and stick with it. Whereas it might be about stepping away and sending, you know, saying, I did the best I can, now I need to step back. Right.
0: And really what we're talking about is what Young called shadow work. Right. Getting to the root of where where did this need for this pattern develop inside of you? And once you can pull that out by the roots, just by recognizing it, accepting it, and seeing your part in it, you can really do a lot of good. Now, I'm not talking here, and I want to make this clear too, I'm not talking about victims of a crime. No. I'm not talking about victims of a layoff. I mean sometimes or, or victims of a of a health crisis. I mean sometimes life just happens and it sucks. Yes. And it's not our fault and it's not our we don't need to take responsibility for that. I'm talking about those repetitive patterns. You know, the the person that constantly dates the asshole, the person that is constantly in debt, the person that is constantly dealing with the, the awful cruel boss those repetitive patterns. I'm not talking about those out-of-the-blue life crises. I just wanted to make that
1: clear. No, And and that's a really, really good point because a lot of times uh, people with financial issues and they'll do regressive work or whatever and they'll find out that they took a vow of poverty. So they will keep lifetime after lifetime after lifetime making sure that they don't have material wealth or security or stability because of a, a, a very, very old vow that they took and we carry it over and that can be why in this lifetime you choose to become you know I'm going to overcome that and I'm going to you know what I'm going to jump in another direction again is I hear a lot of people that I do readings with well I think of my twin flame and I always I, do I think we make karmic soul contracts with people to yes I, I believe that entirely I'm not so sure about the twin flame thing
0: No, me neither, and I think people get really trapped and stuck in this idea. I think people, I see people have more heartache over this idea, either they are holding out for this mythological idea of this twin flame, or they'll find somebody that's great and wonderful, but they'll turn them into this twin flame. And then when they lose that person, either through death or a breakup, they feel that their life is over. Right. I I just, I don't think it's ever good. I think it sets you up for, for heartache when you pin so much on one person. I do believe that we contract with people. I do believe that some loves are more special than others, but ultimately I think we should be our own twin flame. And the union that we should seek is with us and our higher selves and ultimately with
1: our higher power. And it may not be romance, it may be, I mean, the, I think we, we can have multiple people that resonate with us at that level, that it might be a dear friend that you can talk to for hours without ever running out of things to say, and you think alike, and you finish each other's sentence, and, and the relationship is always continues to evolve and grow and, and goes deeper and deeper and deeper. It can be uh, uh, getting a sense of wholeness from someone else, or um, you know knowing that this re- the relationship has a sacredness to it because of the depth and, and the, the reciprocity between the two of you. But I agree with you entirely that I think that I've seen some beautiful, beautiful relationships, and people will, for one reason or another, say, "Well, you know she's wonderful, but, or he's incredible, but." That he's not my twin flame and to lose out on a beautiful relationship because you may think there's someone better coming. I think there's something to be said about being present where you are and mm-hmm. truly deciding that it may don't allow it. it you, you described that beautifully by saying, don't let uh, something mythological or, or, you know, gear you towards leaving something that can be fantastic that you might get a different level of soul growth from. And I'm not right. saying that at all, I am not saying settle or stay in a situation where you know it doesn't resonate and this isn't the person that you came to love dearly. That's not, but it it just concerns me that we keep raising the bar, raising the bar. And as highly sensitive people, when we do contract with someone or, or have a soul contract, our relationships can be so intense that I think it can keep us places we, we can keep us places we might need to step away from but it can also prevent us from getting as close as we can be. Does that make any
0: sense? Yes. yes, it does. You know, there's a movie that really illustrated what you're saying perfectly for me. Have you seen Love Actually? No. It's not like a deep or serious movie, um, but if you, you need to see it, Denise. I'm going to make that your homework assignment. It's such a <laughs> sweet, fun movie. But it's about people looking for love, and at the end, they find it all in different ways. Mm-hmm. Laura Lenny, for example, plays a character who has to take care of her brother who has some special needs. And at the end of the movie, she realizes that's her true love. like That's her love. That's who she loves being with. There's an aging rock and roll star in the movie, and he's just all over the place and hilarious. And at the end of the movie, he realizes his manager is his love.
1: Mm-hmm. And then there's
0: some other you know traditional romantic love stories in there but it's just it's a really great uh, movie especially to watch around the holiday season that talks about the different types of love
1: you know and I think that that that's a really really good point because the people that we stay connected with or that we attract when we're most being ourselves when we're being our truest selves when we're in our zone when we're You know, laughing too loud or, you know, smiling or just when we feel so much like us, I think that that opens that door to bringing in people that we recognize on a soul level.
0: I agree. I agree. Now, another way I think that you can remove yourself from aspects of the soul contract that you no longer want to participate in is cord cutting. I don't think enough can be said for that type of meditation journeying. We On on my other podcast, Psychic Teachers, we were reading a story someone sent to us on air, and she wrote how she has a really difficult relationship with her in-laws, and so she decided to do a cord-cutting meditation, but when she did the meditation, she saw the negative cords between her and her in-laws, but she also saw the positive cords, and so she cut the negative cords, and then she visualized herself dusting off the positive ones and sending them love. Mm-hmm. And she said it was almost miraculous how quickly and beautifully that relationship changed. And now they get along very well. So that aspect is something to think about in addition to the other traditional roots we mentioned, such as therapy and journeying and journaling. Right. Don't forget cord cutting. I, I think another way to remove yourself from, your, from aspects of your contract is to forgive yourself. In all yeah. directions of time. I think that's really important to add that um, you, you could, you could just simply write down what it is you want to release yourself from, you know, like I release myself from this pattern of, I release this karma. I forgive this karma and I heal this karma in all directions of time. When you add that phrase, it does help to bring into account, like you were saying before the vows of poverty or chastity. Right. That's and you can release it in a lot of different ways. You can bury, you can write it on a piece of paper. You can bury it. You can walk across a bridge and throw it into running water. Um, you can put it in a box and w- whatever uh, symbolizes releasing to you. Right. And
1: I, I think that allows you to take more responsibility for your life and not put the blame on someone else or a contract. Because mm-hmm. the bottom line is these contracts are promises we make to ourselves. Before we come in, we, we get together and we make these promises. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, learn that. Some of the things we might see as soul contracts might be things that we made a promise to ourselves when we were little tiny people. I'm going to always behave and, and be quiet so that, you know, daddy's happy or, or whatever it might be. So some of the stuff from little kids that we've chosen might be the, the, the initial start of a contract or a, a memory of a contract, but it could also be just something that we've been programmed with.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it's good, too, to do some reflection on what your life review will look like. I don't think we should wait until we do cross over 100 years from now. <laughs> I think we should, Damn, I'm going to be old. <laughs> I'm, super, I'm such a superstitious person um but i think that we should think about that throughout our lifetime you know what will my soul review, my life review look like and think about aspects of your life that will make you proud and aspects of your life that you would like to change that will help you i think to shift you know i was doing a reading yesterday and It wasn't like a very specific validation, like your mother is glad you wear the ruby ring she gave you. But it was just a lovely validation for me. This mom was coming through. And it was funny because first the client's uncle came through and she said, oh, that's my mother's brother. And the whole time I could feel the mom there. And I'm like, "Uh, you're, you're her mom. Like you need to come through, not the uncle." And she was like, well, I just want to let everyone have their chance. You know, she was one of those people, just yeah. very, very sweet. So finally she came through and she did give some nice validations. But at the end, she said, I never knew how much of a difference I made in my lifetime. Wow. And she said, I hope, I hope my daughter knows that the work she's doing is making a difference too. Wow. But the, That's the woman's energy was just so gentle and quiet and soft-spoken and you know, she wasn't a stay-at-home mom. She worked, but she had that energy of just someone who was always in the home and just always in the background, just focusing on her family. But you knew she was, she was a steady, constant source. She was the one that kept everything together. And I think in her life review, she was stunned to realize that her life was just as impactful, if not more, than, say, a policy-changing justice. A Supreme Court justice or, um, you know, a, a rock and roll singer who shakes up the world or a writer who wins awards and changes the way we think. I think she was very, very surprised to see that her quiet, simple life was very, very important. And, and I don't know, it was just a nice reminder for me.
1: It's a beautiful reminder. And it also correlates so closely with so many this has been very very constant and prevalent the last month i'd say it keeps coming up that there's this sense of urgency there's this intensity i want to make the most of my time left on the planet but with that there's also this it's come up in several readings for me when you get to the end of the game and look back is this something that you're going to regret if have you looked at this from every perspective are you ready to put it to rest and I think that what you just said is so so important because not to live in the future of what might could should but to think being present is this something that's going to bring me joy when I look back on it or will it Mm -hmm. it plant that seed of of regret or remorse or worry or stress
0: you know another theme I keep getting in readings besides the one you mentioned is People will ask me, I feel like I'm here to do something really big. What is it? Mm -hmm. And I think we're all here to do something really big. And
1: how that works in life. You just said about that lady.
0: Yes. Right. Yes. yes. And I think people need to start to reframe the way they look at a big life. Because a big life isn't always all it's cracked up to be. A a big life can just be always having a big and open heart, but still standing in your
1: power and setting good boundaries. That can be a big, beautiful life. And we don't know. We don't know the impact that we're having. And I don't think we truly know that until we leave. But I also, and, and you and I have talked about this a lot, when people resonate with their own inner truth and they say, This is what I came here to do, the universe puts out the red carpet and says, Okay, you're ready to step up. We're ready to help you.
0: And that's one of the signs that you're following your contract, that you are on your path and fulfilling the parameters of that contract. Some other signs are synchronicity and coincidences happening, you know, where you just find yourself showing up at the right time, right place, or you're thinking of someone and they call you, or you're looking for a job and an old coworker out of the blue calls you and you start talking and then they tell you about an opening. Those types of things, small and subtle as they might be, Are wonderful powerful signs that you are on your contract Uh, people showing up at the right time to help or just say something right at the right time even if you're just in line at the grocery store and you start up a conversation with someone and they say something so profound it kind of makes you have an aha moment that's a sign you might have dreams where you get clues or images or metaphors in your dream that help you see your life and your circumstances in a clear way you might see number sequences. You might see a lot of signs in nature. These are all clues that you are fulfilling your contract. Mm-hmm. And sometimes these things will happen when you are in the thick of it. You know, when you are just really thinking, I am so off my path. I have a friend who really feels like she's very much off her path. And I keep trying to tell her, no, like, this is it. You know, like, you've been preparing your whole life for this moment. This is the moment where you're going to show yourself what you're made of. And she started to see number sequences everywhere. One, the clock will say 111, then it will say 222. Uh, she'll go to a store and she'll get $3.33 in change. Those are very, very small and significant, but it's still a very powerful sign that she is doing what she is here to do, even though it's hard and difficult at this time. So these signs and synchronicities aren't going to show up when you're feeling like Julie Andrews singing on the hills. <laughs> you know, they're, going to sign, they're going
1: to show up often when you're feeling like you are so off your path, you can't even find the map. Right. And a good point with that is so many contracts, relationships, they're going to test you big time. And the key is mm-hmm. to change the way you look at it, change your response, change. So if you're beating your head against the wall and the same thing keeps coming up over and over and over again, all those signs that Samantha just mentioned, but also look within at what do I need to do to change me? How can I change my reaction to this? And as, as hokey or as beautiful, however you want to look at this, by breathing love into it, by, by sending love back, by sending healing to yourself, that helps make it a gentler transition beating ourselves up doesn't work
0: no there's a lot of good books out there on soul contracts I also really like Carolyn Mace's work on on sacred contracts and archetypes that was yeah. a really great book for me to help me identify patterns uh, Daniel McKinnon has written a lot on soul contracts so there's some really good books out there that you can look into but again I just I really do think some inner meditation and deep reflection is the best way to learn more about your own personal contract. So we hope we've given you a lot of food for thought this week. We have a wonderful guest to bring to you soon. So please keep tuning in. If you want more information about us, you can find me at samanthafay.com, F-E-Y. Denise is at thegratefulmessenger.com. And you can find all of our services and information, all sorts of recommended reading and good stuff on our website. If you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people to find us. Don't forget, we are now on Spotify. And are we on YouTube? Oh, yeah. We're on YouTube and Google Play. Okay. And Google Play. Okay, good. I thought so. Denise handles all of that. She's wonderful at that. So you can find us in lots of different ways. And we sure do love hearing from you. If you have a question or story that you want to share for our next community connections, please reach out to us, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Facebook, Enlightened And we hope you check us out on Facebook. We are trying to get so much better at posting lots of fun links and stories and articles and some cute cartoons and some helpful information as well. In the meantime, don't forget to always show up. Do great work and share your light. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.